Hello and welcome to the Get It Straight podcast. I'm Jason Sorotin from Brain Bites Creative and joined by my co-host Judd Johns, CEO of the On Demand Orthodontist. Judd, how are you today? Great, Jay. Thanks. <laughs> today we have an amazing show. We have two all-star doctors who are actually practicing in the same city. We have Dr. Keith and Dr. Warford. Uh, Dr. Dan Keith and Dr. John Warford, both practicing out of Bismarck, North Dakota. Welcome to the show, guys. Dr. John's a old hat at this point. How are you? Doing great. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me again. I thought I was banned after the last one. <laughs> Dr. Keith, it is a pleasure to meet you. Before, before I get into your full introduction, you, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jay, happy to be here, and, and thanks for the invitation from Judd and, and Dr. John this morning. You know, like you said, I'm I'm a, a local guy of North Dakota. Uh, John and I are born in the same town. Uh, competitors, colleagues, friends. You know, I think you can uh, use any moniker to describe our relationship in there. But uh, born and raised on the on the borders of Canada, where winter predominates life up here for for all of us. Um, but I've uh, been practicing orthodontics up here for 10 years. Um, and uh, yeah, family uh, married uh, two daughters, a six-year-old and an 18-month-old. And um, very excited to be here, very excited about what ODO is doing. And I'm excited to talk about kind of my my journey over the, the immediate uh, short-term past here as to what's brought us to this stage and, and kind of looking forward to the future. So Dr. Keith um, graduated from Century High School in 2001, went on to earn a BS degree in business administration and chemistry from the University of Mary in 2005, where he was a four-year member of the men's tennis team. Wow, overachiever. Following co completion of his undergraduate studies, Dr. Keith attended the University of Colorado School of Dental Medicine, earning his Doctor of Dental Surgery degree. From that point, he attended orthodontic residency residency at Seton Hall in Greensburg, PA, earning a master's of science in orthodontics. Upon completion of his residency in 2012, Dr. Keith returned to Bismarck to begin practicing and competing with Dr. Warford. Sounds like we just got in the ring. Yeah, I thought it was going to take a little while before with the gloves came off. <laughs> <laughs> but but also you you serve a lot of roles nationally in the orthodontic front, including executive board member of the Midwestern Society of Orthodontists, member of the American Association of Orthodontics Committee on Conference, responsible for planning all future AAO meetings. Great meeting, by the way. Vice chair of the the Midwestern Society of Orthodontics Delegation and former chair of AAO's Council on New and Young Members, during which time he worked tirelessly to integrate the next generation of orthodontists into AAO. Wow, that is quite a, uh, quite a resume. But you went to school a long time. <laughs> it, it was, as John can attest to, it was uh, way too many years. Uh, and, they, and then you look back at them and say, what happened? So uh, it, it was a long, it was a long journey to, to get to this point, uh, but I uh, wouldn't change anything. Love orthodontics and love what all of us are able to do for our patients. Dan, is it just before Jay goes, is it Seton Hill or Seton Hall? Seton Hill. Jay, one said it thought it was Seton what did Hall. I do? It has basketball credit. So wait, oh, are you calling me out on a, a bad college reference? I do every time. I'm so sorry. 
but I nobody ever heard of Seton Hall. So I always take the I take the reference when they say Seton Hall, and I was like, oh yeah, we did great in the Sweet Sixteen last year. Yeah. <laughs> so so, Doctor John, let's hear from your perspective. How did you guys meet? Well, we met uh, shortly after Dan came to town, and uh, he was in an associateship with another orthodontist, and we went out to. Um, we went out to lunch and uh, hit it off. He's a very personable guy, much more so than I am, and um, uh, easy guy to get along with. Dan actually had a little backstory is that he he has a little bit of history with the my younger siblings in tennis. Tennis was a big part of our my life, and especially my uh, my siblings' lives as they they grew up. And so Dan uh, Dan knew them better than me at the time because I'm I'm a little older than Dr. Dan is. And so, um, yeah, so that's how, that's how we met. Uh, we've got along ever since. Yeah, we're, we're technically competitors, but, uh, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of patients out there to be treated. So we're, uh, we're all doing just fine. And, uh, you know, Dan's just a real good guy. And he's got a real good perspective, especially when it comes to, you know, orthodontic, uh, you know, the, the association and the political side of orthodontics. And uh, so I thought it'd be interesting to get his, uh, his take on the, the current nature of things and, uh, and ODO. Now, Dr. Keith, you, you just reconnected with Dr. Warford for a particular reason. What was going on? Yeah, well, just to backtrack for one second, Jay, if I can, um, Dr. John's older brothers were my heroes in life. So it's a, we use the word serendipitous and faith, and, you know, um, and often. And uh, they, they, were my, they were my idols, my role models from about the time of 10, 12 years old, uh, watching these guys uh, achieve the highest levels of tennis at Notre Dame, uh, you know, even dabbling with the professional circuit. So, so it really it, it was crazy as I was able to reconnect with Dr. John when, when I moved back to town, he was actually one of the first guys I, I reached out to. We had never met, even though I was, in, you know, ingrained in his family, it felt like. Um, and like I said, he, he really took me under his wing, opened himself up. And, and as we get further, I mean, that's kind of what ODO is about. So I feel like the way our friendship started and our mentorship really has blossomed into what Judd and Dr. John are growing. So it's, it really comes, life comes full circle, right? Absolutely. That's really cool. And now you guys have kind of come together. You guys are working a little bit on some ODO stuff and helping local dentists. Can you guys talk about how you guys are helping dentists? From the ODO perspective or Dan's, because Dan does. Uh, I think it's both. Let, yeah. let's, let's start with, I'd like to hear about what you guys are doing for ODO. And then let's talk about how uh, Dr. Key's helping local dentists. Well, we, we haven't. Um, so locally, you know, there's, uh, I would, I would probably reposition the question for, for Dr. Dan, because I, you know, we had great conversations because I think Dr. Dan is very much a, a go-giver persona. Um, you know, take ODO and throw throw it on the shelf. Um, everything I understand about Dr. Dan is he's helped others. If if I'm correct, Dr. Dan, uh, you know, and, and if you see people in, in trouble, you you've you've supported, and you know, I so it, the conversations that we've had together are, are you know, I, I think, and I don't want to speak on your behalf, Dr. Dan, but um, you know we've sort of formalized something that I think is a mindset that you may or may not have had for some period of time uh, without any official engagement with ODL. Um, but don't let me speak on your behalf, please. 
No, no, absolutely, Jay. I think Judd, Judd nailed it there. And um, so to your previous question, you know, over the last, I wasn't familiar with Odeo uh, until I started to see it gain a lot of traction on, on social media um, and through various orthodontic groups. And, and that's what got me first visiting, you know, seeing like, what is this? And then here, lo and behold, it's, you know, it's a, it's a mentor, it's a colleague, it's a competitor, it's, it's a friend as a, as a founder and co-founder along with Judd of this. And, and it got me, um, uh, not casting judgment on it, but asking questions. You know, what, what's this all about? Tell me what. You know, tell me what the vision is. What's the goal? What are you guys trying to accomplish? And and, and we'll get into that more. But as I started hearing more, I, it, it reminded me of what I'm currently doing here in our hometown. I thought, wow, this is these guys are really onto something because they're hitting an, a need. They found a, a business that has a problem and they're creating an answer for it. And, you know, how it started locally for me, and like, like Judd said, is, is just, you know, we're, we're all in this together, right? We're, we're not, we may be orthodontists by title, Dr. John and I, but we're dentists. I mean, we're dentists first and everybody in our community, uh, we're not, uh, you know, above or below anybody. We're, we all went through schooling. We're all here for the same reason. And it's to do good work for great people of our community. And, um, you know, as, as, Technology has evolved as our profession has evolved. You know, general dentists are, are getting into more and more areas, whether, you know, whether it's crown and bridge, whether it's prosthodontics, whether it's orthodontics. And, and a big thing that you've, you and John and Dr. John have talked about in your past on your podcast that really struck me is these, these patients that are out there, they're, and if they want their teeth straight looking at orthodontics, they're going to get treatment, right? You know, it, it might be from you, it might be from Dr. John, it might be from their dentist, but they're going to get treatment somewhere and, and their comfort zone is really at their dental office. And that's what I've found. And that's what I think ODO is, has found and is, is recognizing. And just in our community, we've got a number of dentists that are doing aligner cases. Sometimes they're complex aligner cases. Sometimes they're simple cases. And a lot of them do excellent work. And I'm really fully supportive of that because the, the comfort zone for the patient is in their general dental office. Their, their comfort zone isn't in the orthodontic office. We have to build that trust. They have that with the dentist and we just want, you know, we want the best care possible for the patients at us as orthodontists. And if that means helping our, our dental colleagues with things, I have open ears and Dr. John's the same way with a lot of his, you know, his referral network is if you run into a, if you run into a, a trouble area or a watch out as you guys often refer to it, I mean, let us help you. You know, we're, we're we're not competitors. You're not the dentist encroaching on our territory as orthodontists. That's, that's an old school mantra that doesn't need to be that way. So I think going forward into the future, that's at least the model I've tried to take here in just our small community, our private practice, that we're, we're all here to support each other. And, and I think that's the, as we move forward, that's, that's what ODO has identified on a larger scale. Why do you think that's important? Cause that's a, that's a really progressive mindset, but I think that, I think that you're right because that does nothing for the space. I think you you nailed it, and I think I think what it is, Jay, is that we as as orthodontists, and we as as it's human nature to be territorial, right? Where we went to this amount of school, this is what we do. Nobody does it better, and nobody else should be able to do it. Well, that's 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 the old school mentality, but I I don't think that's a healthy mentality. And, and it certainly doesn't help the patients and, and it doesn't help uh, doctor specialist relationship either to, to have that mindset. So I, I always looked at it in quite the opposite that, hey, if there's things that you want to try out and you need help with, I'm here to support you. When you as the dentist recognize that, 
hey, these, uh, I've got a patient that has got this issue going on. They need to see you. Okay, then that, that's maybe our world. Great. Thank you for the referral. We'll take great care of your patient. Look forward to working in harmony with, with the, the dentist, the patient, and us. But I've, I've, I've kind of just always, I think, always had that, that mindset of, of working together. And honestly, we talked about tennis at the start, right? For me, it comes back. I was coaching tennis at the age of 12. It was working together with uh, somebody I was teaching that was the same age and their parent who was maybe paying the bills. And it was trying to find a harmony amongst the three parties that say, here's the value, here's what we offer, and here's what you're going to receive. And, and I, I just think when people work together, so much more can be achieved. And, and that's what we're finding. And dentists, they, they, they're, they're, glad to, they're glad to have help when they know that the person on the other end of it, it doesn't look at them um, in, in a negative light that, you know, there, there doesn't need to be such competition for anything. Like Dr. John said, there's, there's plenty of patients out there and there's plenty of people that need help. Let's just all be committed to getting those people the best help possible, whether that's through the orthodontist, whether that's through the orthodontist helping the general dentist, or that's just the general dentist on, on their own. It's, it's the patient's right to pick where they're treated it's up to all of us to make sure they get the best treatment possible. And that's, that, that's kind of the mindset I've had and what struck me by the conversations I've listened to you guys have on the podcast. And it's, it's neat when people see that because when people see that big things are possible. How do you guys nurture those relationships? I I'm curious, like, you know, a new dentist comes to town, I'm sure it's in your best interest to go meet them and try to do it. What kind of things do you guys do to build bridges? Dr. John, you want to take, I mean, yeah. Well, this is all about you, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I'd say Jay, you know, that that's the number one thing in orthodontics is relationship building straightening teeth even though it might sound it might sound uh, contrary to popular belief straightening teeth is number two the number one is relationship building relationship building between the dentist like you said the new dentist the existing dentist the referral dentist and then relationship building between your family of patients and you know i think there's there's materialistic relationship building and then there's holistic relationship building uh, all of us know which one pays bigger dividends in the end here and, uh, you know, Dr. John's focus, you know, I, I know just in, in seeing things over his career, our focus is being able to um, have great communication with the referral network of dentists, let them know that their patients are being taken care of, because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it feels good. And, and we do it all the time. It's, you know, it's nice to be able to reward the dental offices and particularly their teams, their hygienists, their assistants who maybe don't get all the glory in the dental practices with hey, we're going to give you guys some gift cards. We're going to treat you guys to lunch. We're going to do this for you. You have to do those things because you need to acknowledge how great they are as part of the team. But I think really, at least in, in Dr. John and I's town, what, in, and we're in a you know, relatively small town, so to speak, in North Dakota, is good home values really win out and they matter. And that means communication and letting the dentist know that their patients are willing to be care of because they care that when they send their patient to you that, they know their reputations on the line. And, it, and it's just like, it's just like, as, as I don't want to step on Judd and Dr. John's toes, but you know, their reputation is on the line when they're providing treatment. And that's, you know, Dr. John is trying to only enhance their reputation in the eyes. You know, he doesn't get the glory in this. He gets to make sure that the number one thing, which is proper patient care gets taken care of. 
Yeah, the cool thing about ODO um, and and as you know Dan's relationships were with dentists, he helps as well, is that you know it, it, the focus is always on the patient, and uh, you know the patient is as Judd says our, our north star. And it's very important because at the end of the day, we're, we're moving more than teeth. You know, we're, we're, we're not necessarily, I mean, we, that's what we're doing, but, you know, it's what are the straight teeth, you know, what's that smile bringing to that child or that adult, you know, the, the adult that used to sit at the boardroom in a certain position in a certain chair every time because they had a tooth that they were embarrassed about or whatever it might happen to be. So we're changing lives and that's critically important of our patients. But when we're helping a fellow dental clinician, whether it's an orthodontist or a dentist, also helping it um, enhance that person's life as well. And then they also feel like they've got somebody on their side, which is, you know, which is always fun because the, uh, the dentist, you know, as you know, Dan knows, you know, it's a, you know, sometimes you kind of feel like a lone wolf, you know, especially with you're in a solo private practice and uh, you know, to have somebody be there as, to help you out. That's um, that's, that's a huge benefit um, for those orthodontists that are willing to provide that mentorship. You know, just a, a comment on this topic. This is, um, you know, uh, Dr. Dan had alluded to some social media action that uh, brought us to the table here, and there was some action. Uh, there, there was something of an event that, that happened, and you know, Odio was called out, and um, and that's okay, you know, because not not everyone is going to be simpatico with this conversation out there, and um, because there is. North America is a little bit of a different bird when it comes to um, dentists treating cases, orthodontists treating cases and truncating, you know, the level of engagement and, and who should be diagnosing and, and so on and so forth. And it's been going on for a very long time uh, in North America, I mean, say north of 45 years. Uh, you know, I had an interesting conversation with Dr. Dan the other day, you know, I've been fortunate uh, in my former life, 13 years, to travel globally and, you know, product development. I've got to meet some world-class orthodontists. And um, one thing that I found really interesting as I started to, you know, compare to the North American market is that you go to Europe, you go to Spain, you know, you go to, uh, um, you know, um, Eastern Europe, South America, Latam, you name it it's not uncommon to go to a very large scale orthodontic meeting and half the room is dentists and, and everyone's copacetic and everyone's going to the coffee bar at break and everyone's having drinks because there's some level of acknowledgement that, that, you know, that's going to happen and that the collaboration is, it, it, it's at a higher scale than, than I've seen here in North America. And you know, ODO is, is obviously it's a transactive service model, but it, it's also a philosophy, which is something that I think is, you know, Dr. Dan was already walking and breathing for years before he, you know, he came onto this podcast, which is like, if you see someone that might need some help or someone that's struggling, help them. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're a dentist or somebody else or some other title that it's really and because everyone's going to win and, and having traveled across North America and visited with several hundreds of, of orthodontists, it's very, there's a lot of consistencies. I see the, the orthodontists that are very interactive and support their local dentists. I see a lot of success there more than success. I see a lot of like personal fulfillment. So, so we don't, you know, people don't need to transact with ODO. Um, 
And, in a, you know, I think like a message for an orthodontist is, you know, independent of ODO, you know, reach out to your local dentist, like Dr. Dan's been doing for years or, or Dr. John's been doing for years and support. I think that's a great, Jeff. I just add, I think Judd makes such a great point here. And, you know, over the orthodontics is, is changing. Technology has evolved orthodontics and technology is evolving thought of orthodontists, particularly new practitioners, um, maybe looking at different ways to do things, not just clinically, but how they practice. And I'll even, I'll admit right, you know, raise my hand right off the bat that if you had asked me this question, um, you know, just it, before saying it full split, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a, a member of the ODO team, just became a fan after visiting with these guys of what they're trying to, <coughs> trying to do here. But what really intrigued me is over the last couple of years, you know, the biggest issue in orthodontics that's faced organized orthodontics that's faced orthodontists in general is direct to consumer aligners. Mm. It scared some orthodontists into the ground and everybody, you know, it has sent message boards crazy for one to two years straight over unnamed DTC companies as, you know, they're going to put us out on the street. You know, we're not going to be able to practice anymore and, and those kind of things. And I think there's this, there's this generalized fear that um, our profession of orthodontics growing and expanding beyond what the traditional model is dangerous and and a bad thing for the profession. And I think this group proves that it doesn't have to be if your mindset is correct. And I think when we looked at when we looked at direct to consumer aligners, what we saw was that some people were getting treated and maybe they were getting treated really well or maybe they they weren't. That's not for any of us to to judge, that's for the patient to judge in there. But it met a it met a market of people that wanted straight teeth, that wanted confidence, but that didn't want to go to their general dentist and they didn't want to go to their orthodontist. And so there were probably people that Dr. John and I were never going to see. Well, if the treatment is controlled, and, and no judgment on, on the past, we're talking in the in the future, but if the treatment is controlled and the and the treatment is is watched over and by professionals, general dentist, orthodontist. I mean, it's a really a win-win for everyone. So I, I just, I never looked at direct to consumer or even what ODO is doing in helping general dentist as a threat. We're all on the same page here because ultimately um, we, we all want what's best for the patients. And my feeling not from anyone else is just that if we, anybody who sees it differently like that, is maybe looking at the glass half full versus a glass half empty from the patient perspective. Yeah, it's kind of an abundance versus scarcity mentality sort of situation. I agree. And interesting fact that, you know, Gage is all over this. I, I think Ryan Monahan told me that um, the average orthodontic practice, I mean, obviously it depends on where its phase and growth is, but it's low single digit growth for the last. 15 years straight, um, you know, we, we don't see the, the average, I mean, obviously we're in the run up to whatever this is recession um, now, but there, there hasn't been, despite the surge in, you know, the, this other channel of treatment, the, the starts haven't been picked off from the, the private orthodontic practice or the OSO. So I think there's a lot of really interesting segmentation in this conversation. To your point, Dr. Dan, it's like, 
who were they? Why did they go left instead of right? And what, what if there's an opportunity to treat those folks inside of the private practice instead? So, yeah, it's um, more on that later. There's a Reddit uh, topic on this. Where do you guys, uh, Dr. Keith, where do you think that the future of orthodontics is going? You're very heavily involved in a lot of organizations. You're definitely probably on the forefront of seeing this stuff. Where's it going? Where are we headed? Well, I think the future is in innovation and innovation and technology and change. You know, just on the forefront nationally, whether it's orthodontics or everything we're involved in, technology is changing so fast that you either have to adapt or get lost behind. You know, when when um, Dr. John's father, Dr. John Sr. started practicing, you know, and, and many of our forefathers in orthodontics that went before us, you know, it, it was brackets and wires. Now what you're seeing, and one of the positives that's come from all this direct-to-consumer aligners is a recognition that there's alternatives to care uh, for people that want alternative methods from what's traditional. What's traditional? Colors, braces, wires, like that. Um, is aligners the, the ideal choice for every patient? No. Is braces the right choice for every patient? No. But as technology is growing, the amount of individuals, and, and this is Dr. John's topic because he is the world's expert on this, but as technology is changing, we're seeing that more and more patients can get treated by more and more different modalities, which is, again, all we're talking about is the patient, right? And so it, it's, it's great for them. And I, I think that's what, that's what we're seeing. I mean, five years ago, we weren't talking about 3D printed brackets or, uh, you know, we were just starting to get into 3D bent wires. And I think, you know, fads come and go um, with things, but there's no doubt, like clear aligner therapy is not a fad. That is a fact. And that is the way of the future. Is there always going to be a market for traditional braces? I, I absolutely believe that because um, there's, there's a, a certain population that that is the best modality of treatment for them. But as, as technology grows, it's, it's going to be amazing to see, um, and Dr. John's already doing this, the complexity of cases that can be treated with non-traditional, um, non-traditional means and, I use that word because I think uh, sometimes people look at aligner therapy and he's doing this in aligner and that in aligner and as taboo and we shouldn't be doing that. No, we should be trying to grow, you know, from a business standpoint so we can treat more patients and from a uh, patient preference standpoint, because more and more patients are coming in offering aligners. What I see a lot is that patients will come in and based on the practitioner's level of experience, they might say, yes, I can treat this in aligners. And they might say, no, patient might go to another doctor and try, or they might say, okay, well, then that's just the way, that's just the way it's going to be. But it's great to be able to broaden our, broaden our, our breadths of what we can, what we can do. So these guys are onto something for sure. What do you think, Dr. Warford? He, did you hear he called it said world renowned? Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds good too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, well, a uh, point of clarification, when my dad started in 1973, um, it was, it was wires and bands. They didn't even use glue on brackets back then. So that's, that's pretty old school. So 
Yeah, I, I agree with what Dan said. You know, um, uh, experience matters. You know, uh, different levels of experience with clear aligners because that's not commonly taught as the core curriculum in an orthodontic residency. Um, you know, you can't have to learn it on your own. And so that's uh, the experience level determines whether or not it's something that you're going to be uh, providing in your office or not. And for what kind of patients as well. But as you know, the data is showing that by middle of, by this time next year, uh, liners will be uh, you know approximately half of uh, you know the 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 treatment the treatments done in this country will be aligners. The other half being brackets and wires, of course. So, I think that the the you know orthodontists uh, and orthodontic industry in general is uh, is very innovative innovative and technology is definitely changing things dramatically. I mean, 20 years ago. I never would have expected that I can do things with aligners that I that now that I couldn't do it at, at that time because uh, they've changed so so much and so it's a it's it's a fun space to be in it's uh, it's always fun to be trying to do better for our patients and to treat our patients more efficiently and effectively whether that's brackets and wires or with clear aligners because I agree with Dan although I do a lot of clear aligner treatments I don't ever tell a patient there's a zero percent chance that you know that we need to use some brackets for some movement here or there because once in a while that's just what you need and so it's a um, uh, it's I, I guess I don't have too much more to add to what Dan said because he, uh, he put it very succinctly. Um Dr. Keith tell you're you're you have all of these different affiliations and involvement Tell us what you're doing in each of those and kind of what your path is. What are you hoping to accomplish in your, your eagerness to be part of the community, right? You're, it seems like you're driven to it. Yeah. So, you know, just starting local and looking at Ashley, you, you know, I, I was one of those guys who you're, if you were born and raised in North Dakota, mo most people stay here because it's a great place. It's family centric and, and the people are wonderful. And I always knew I was coming back home to wanting to practice here. And, and it, it's a, it, it's a unique place with unique people. And that's what, what drove me to getting involved in the community, even as we were a, a, a scratch start practice with, I always tell a story of seeing it with my, I hired one person to start and we would wonder what was going to be on Netflix that afternoon, you know, as we waited, waited for the phone to ring um, at, at that point. And, um, but I always was of the mindset that uh, giving, you know, is, is better than receiving. If you give, you will receive in the end. And being involved in the community, you know, it, it's great to treat uh, thousands of patients and it's great to see a bustling practice and see all the heads coming through every day. But if you don't know your patients and if you aren't part of the community and if you aren't giving back, then really what's it worth at the end? And and that, that's always been my my viewpoint on, on things. And when I started to get involved at a national level with the American Association of Orthodontists, um, my, my rationale or my reason it was, was there was really no self-serving portion of that as a volunteers know there, you know, in that. But um, my reason was, as Dr. John said, dentistry and orthodontics is, is you're kind of on an island, you know, and you're in a private practice in, and um, some where you don't know like what's happening around you uh, and, and what's going on nationally and globally. Social media has changed a lot of that. Um, that mantra or that feeling, but that led me to just get involved. Uh, I started with an email 10 years ago to our area representative with the orthodontics association. And, you know, after uh, once, once they grab you, they never let you go. So um, uh, my, many of my evenings are spent on 
planning the, our, our next winter meetings or our annual sessions or, or working in the House of Delegates or, or working with young members. Um, but really the, the, the get is always much better than the give. On, on things like that. And I think that no matter, no matter what you do, you, you want to be a part of something, whether it's, whether it's your community, whether it's ODIA, whether it's the national level, because you, you need more, we all need more than, than just moving teeth. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a people person and, and that drove me to, you don't know, want to want to get involved in as many things as, as possible. And, um, it, does it pay off one dime? Who knows, but it pays off in, in here, you know, and that's it at the end. That's really, really what matters. What do you, what do you see for the next 10 years for your practice and your career? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're in a, John and I, John and I just got off a phone call talking about these kind of things and, and we're, we're in a, a real growth heavy mindset. Um, and just wanting to continue to uh, treat more patients, uh, see more smiles coming, and and in doing those, we're able to do more things in the community, and that's a, kind of a, a big focus of mine. So to continue to grow what we're able to do here locally, um, to continue to grow my role nationally within the Association of Orthodontists, and then I'm actually really excited about what Dr. John and, and Judd are are doing as we've talked more and more about ODO because I think there's. I think there's stories like mine all over the country in every city where you've got the small time orthodontist helping out a few local dentists with um, some difficult cases to make sure that uh, they're able to accomplish their goals and the patients are too. And, and on a micro, on a micro scale, you know, that is a microcosm of the bigger picture that, that these two guys are, are, are recognizing and, and working to solve. So as I, I just, I'm excited to see where that goes because I know there's, there's a people everywhere that are just like me that want to see smaller practitioners or not smaller practitioners, but the general dentists where patients and oftentimes want to stay for, for their treatment, but we want to make sure that they get the best help possible if desired. And in many cases, it's, it's not needed. In many cases, um, the general dentist, John and I are lucky. We, we practice in a town where we've got incredibly gifted general dental population here. Um, but even with that, the, the hubris is so low um, amongst these people that they're not afraid to reach out. And I think that's the, the big thing that, that, at least from what I've seen, that ODO is bridging that gap is letting you know, hey, it's okay to ask for help. You know, that's what we're here for. We're, we're on the same page. It isn't this. It's this. Absolutely. And Judd, it's time for your favorite part of the show. It's the Reddit review. There's so I found, yeah, I found this. <laughs> this is an interesting one um, that I saw today, actually. Um, and this is, this, is, this is patient groups. So this is coming from a patient. Patient asks, has anyone ever used Smile Direct Club in conjunction with their dentist? Um, we can probably edit this after Jay and say, has anyone used beep in conjunction with their dentist? Like the way dentists work with beep. Um, if you could scroll down. So the feedback is really interesting. And this person usually has a pretty good take. Uh, but the, the, the high level is uh, effectively with the OEMs like Invisalign, Spark, ClearCorrect, 3M, Clarity, so on and so forth. The dentist or orthodontist in charge of the plan makes executive decisions about when to do refinements, use auxiliaries. They're purchasing access to automated tools. 
exist with initial case setups, the dental technicians who can implement. Uh, on the other hand, when you use SDC through your dentist, your dentist isn't actually designing your treatment plan. Still don't get to use attachments, elastics, bite ramps, other auxiliaries, unless they modify without themselves the SDC knowing or company knowing. They don't make decisions about refinements, so on and so forth. Um, so there's a, and of course there's some incentivization from these uh, direct-to-consumer uh, companies who pass through the dentist. Now, this is something I think a lot of people don't know is why I, I focused on this one. There are a lot of companies that pass through the dentist. SDC is one of them. Uh, and they use the dentist, I guess you could say, as sort of a proxy in the process. If you could scroll down, Jay. Now this is, that one's written what I presume to be a dentist professional. And so you've got this patient said, um, I informed my dentist uh, as I was going through the process, they offered Invisalign at 6,000. So they understood what, why I went with STC. And then you've got to come and break back at that person with the down votes. Typical SDC users always complaining about cost and results. And, and then the person at the bottom says it's almost as if some results don't require a six grand price tag. There's so much to unpack in this one. Um, but I started redirecting towards uh, Dr. Dan here, because you, you hit this directly earlier in this conversation to, to some extent. Um, You've got patients interacting with dental professionals on this thread. Um, and the idea of price has come up versus, uh, you know, a proper finish. What are the gaps here? I mean, there's a gap even inside of this thread. And, and could we say this thread is a microsm of a much bigger picture? Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, I, the, the thing I, I think that's getting recognized more and more is what are the patients, what's the first thing when they come into Dr. John and, and my office for a new patient exam, they might ask about their teeth, but all they're really waiting for is when the hammer gets hit on what's the cost going to be? Is it going to be $1,000? Is it going to be $10,000? Most of them, some of them have asked around, but most of them really have no idea. I'm surprised at how many come in and like, really, I thought it was going to be, you know, $400 to straighten my teeth for the whole time. Well, you know, um, I'm, I'm always amazed at, I'm always amazed at that. What I, what I found interesting about, um, about, and, you know, I'll leave like specifics to AAO legal. Um, but what I, what I found interesting about um, direct to consumer was that, and Dr. John might have a different story, but over the you know, direct to consumer has been going on for a, for a while now, right? In many different in many different avenues of dentistry, um, whether it's whitening or it's tooth straightening or anything like that. But over the course of the five years of my practice, and there there may be more that don't admit it, but I maybe I'm unique. I saw probably two, maybe three patients that were in from a direct to consumer. You know, didn't like what had happened and and wanted professional treatment with someone watching over all aspects of their case. Now, that isn't to say that there weren't plenty of ones out there um, and some don't want to share their treatments. Other might have excellent finishes. I don't know. I never saw most of those, saw most of those, but I, I think it gets back to, I, I look at it again as 
it's all positive. It's just the way when ODO was talked about on, on social media, um, people who, who took issue with it, Hey, I have every right to that. You know, that that's their, their thoughts on um, that. That's their attitude on, on where, where our profession's at, who should be doing orthodontic treatment. But I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad to see patients starting to recognize value in oversight and dentists recognizing value in oversight when they need it. Sometimes they don't um, because they're very qualified people, but sometimes like John said, they, you need an extra boost on, on certain areas um, to know you're not going it alone. You know, I, I, I've, I've screwed up many things in orthodontics, probably in orthodontics, you know, probably more than I've done right in, in there. Um, and I look to mentors for that. There's no shame in that. At least I don't feel any, I'm, I'm doing it, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for the sake of the patients. And it, it's all, all of this publicity is, is good publicity because it's, it's bringing to light that there are avenues for patient care um, and, and patient oversight out there, but you got to do your homework on it and know what you're and, and know what you're getting into. And and what I see from uh, a relationship from a small guy like me with his general dentist and on a large scale with what you guys are doing is we're trying to. We talked about it in our call last week. We're trying to bridge the gap between. Um, the dental office, the specialist office, and the patient. And Jay, that's a hard bridge to gap sometimes mm-hmm. based on uh, mentality sometimes. But I think as, as understanding of patient needs and wants go on, it forces us as specialists to find our way into that middle ground, as Judge said, not going right and not going left, but finding the middle ground. Because ultimately, it's 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 us who it's us who's going to decide are are we accepting that the middle ground is what patients want and that's what we see all the time patients would like to do everything from their general dentist why because that's who they see multiple times every year i don't blame them i've gotten to the same hygienist since i was 3 you know uh and you 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 get comfortable and people aren't always comfortable getting uncomfortable and and that's why it's so unique the conversations you guys are having because uncomfortability can become comfortable very quickly with the right roadmap. Yeah. I'll just add to that. Uh, thanks for that's great feedback, Dan. Phenomenal. Um, yeah. I, I knew this was going to be a good podcast. I knew it was going to be good. Um, just to add, you know, I, I I'm deep in Reddit. I mean, I'm like a Reddit troll. I'm just, just, I watch, I go to all anything related dental and I'm just, you know, I'm the lurker and on all the threads. Um, you know, what's interesting, and I've been on it for a while is, is it seems to me that, I don't know, you know, when direct to consumer sort of emerged some years ago, there was a pay, the table stakes for the patient was, you know, no matter what my teeth look like, I'm going to land looking like Anne Hathaway, that will be my finish. Right. And, um, that was table stakes. And after a certain amount of years of like, you know, depending on where they started and where they landed, they started to realize just me seeing these threads this is my, you know, synthesis is it's not table sticks that that expectation. Now, you know, you go to an orthodontist, that's table sticks, 100 percent that like they leave your office. They're going to see Dr. Dan Keith. They're going to get that Anne Hathaway smile. 
And I think that's where you're starting to see a little divergence, at least on social and these threads, where it's kind of like there is a recognition of a cost trade-off with potential, depending where the jump off point is, the quality finish. That's what's fascinating. Exactly. Jay, one thing that you might not know, but that I think is interesting is, is that, you know, when a, when a, we, you call it a clinic, right? You see a patient, you scan their teeth, you take an impression and you start setting up these aligner cases as, as Dr. John's done thousands. Um, what's, what's interesting is that you, you have a technician on the other end of things that um, might be in a, uh, another country, might be here in the United States. Um, most, you know, us as orthodontists probably know the genesis of where the other end is, but I bet 75% of orthodontists don't even know the genesis of where the other end is coming from. But the uh, point is, when we get back a model from, from these uh, lab technicians, uh, Dr. John and I, you know, we typically, I, I think the other day I had 18 revisions on a case before I accepted it. I got about eight hate mails from the, from the patient saying, when are my trays coming? And I said, I'm sorry, just, I, I blamed it on COVID and travel. Um, I blame everything on COVID. Um, right, right. But, um, you know, it, so what I'm trying to say is orth, orthodontics is difficult and, and whether it's braces uh, or clear aligners, the, the planning is 100% of the process. But then every six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks that we see our patients, we have to retreatment plan. And we have to, because the body changes, right? The jaws change, the teeth change. So we can program perfect teeth in plastic or in braces. And we always have to be willing to adapt. That's why and sometimes the adaptions are minimal because everything goes as planned. But when they don't, man, I have trouble sleeping. And I'm sure Dr. John does too over, over those cases. And that's why it's nice to be able to help others when they run into the same things that you've been through. Because it's not for Dr. John and I to, and I'm not trying to be a soundboard for ODO here. It just is, it's my mantra and it just kind of happened to fall into what they do. But um, it's not for he and I to look at the general dentist and say, you can't do that. You're not qualified to do that. No, they don't, they don't care about what we say. They're going to do it because they know what their levels of comfort are. But, you know, I, I run into plenty of trouble on cases where I wish I had somebody that could bail me out or help get things back on track. And that's when you've really built a team. And that's, that's what dental, that's what dentistry is about. Very little of dentistry, no matter what you're in is individual. You know, you might do a, you might be a general dentist and you have to cut a filling, you know, do a filling on somebody. Okay. That's individual, but almost everything they do involves thought process that are interdisciplinary in nature. And really that's what this is. This is an interdisciplinary, at least from my understanding, you know, from what I've seen, it's an interdisciplinary approach to getting the patient, the best care, best care possible. It takes some mindset changing though, to, to get that. But, we, but there's a new generation of, of, of dentists coming on. And I, I think more and more people um, kind of see things the way these guys do and that, hey, we, we need, why don't we just work together? Everything's better together because one thing we know, dentistry is never going to go away. Cavities are always going to be there. You know, there is nothing you can do, you know, <laughs> to uh, no matter what, to get rid of some of the problems. People are always going to have these issues. So. Let's, and the rising tide, 
The rising tide lifts all ships. You know, during, we, before uh, they made the movie Finding Nemo, the aquarium business was suffering desperately. And uh, when Finding Nemo came out, the aquarium business grew by $90 billion and the clownfish almost went extinct. So just think about if all of those people, all those aquarium businesses got together and they worked together to create their own content and their own movie, they could have done that themselves without a third party. Working together is not a bad thing. And for some reason, it's gotten a stigma because we like have to be at war with each other, but we don't. And so I think, you know, that that's the takeaway from today, from what you guys have talked about is that it doesn't have to be that way. I, I, you, you nailed it. That, that, that's completely, I told this story earlier this morning, Jay, when I started my practice, I had six months off while I was building the office. I had patients like, and when we had nothing coming in, right. I'm trying to get any patient possible. I had patients saying, Hey, we're going to go somewhere else unless you can get the braces on. I was like, well, I guess unless you're coming over to uh, my parents' house to put the braces on, like it's just not happening. And I told that to Dr. John and he said, you know what? I'm not in the office this day or that day bring somebody with you, have my office, do it. You know? So it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. Um, do John, Dr. John and I fight over every patient that comes to both of us? Sure. That's, that's what we're built to do. Right. Um, but everybody's better together. I was just going to say, if you are in the Bismarck area, boy, do you have a struggle to choose between <laughs> these two amazing men, Dr. John Warford and Dr. Dan Keith. Um, if you want to learn more about Dr. Keith's practice, go to dkortho.com and you can learn all about uh, Dr. Keith and his practice. And if you want to learn more about Dr. Warford's practice, go to warfordorthodontics.com. They are both great men. Thank you for being on the show today. It was such a pleasant conversation and I learned a ton. If you are looking for digital marketing for your practice, please contact BrainBytes Creative at brainbytescreative.com. Digital marketing is your fastest way to more starts. Contact BrainBytes Creative today. Geographic exclusivity, no contracts, just digital marketing that really works. Visit brainbytescreative.com. If you are a dental clinician and are interested in creating more revenue for your practice, look no further than the on-demand orthodontist. ODO provides end-to-end -end aligner treatment, guidance, and materials so you can profitably deliver smile transformations to most malocclusions in 12 appointments or less. Visit ondemandorthodontist.com. On behalf of uh, the Get It Straight podcast, I'm Jason Sorotin. And uh, Judd, thank you so much for everything. And we will see you all next time.